Okay, good afternoon. We're starting early this afternoon on Win by Two Spencer Porter with Hank Bushell. 355. You know, all your cars probably say 455 because of daylight savings. It's all good. Another fun week of sports. And here, as you all know, we focus on the NFL and the NBA and college football, especially those big games. We had a shootout between USC and Washington, and, uh, well, first the first three quarters of LSU and Alabama also uh, were uh, a fun time to watch. But the NFL has finished up another exciting week once again, and some teams are really starting to show uh, – you know, who is good, who is great, and who is just horrible. And we've witnessed that with a few matchups. Uh, I mean, yesterday we got to see the Raiders and Giants play. And, I mean, it doesn't matter the level of sports. You get a little bit of, you know, the new head coach, whether he's the interim head coach or they're signing him wholeheartedly, no interim. They trust him uh, for a while. But Coach Pierce, the interim head coach for the Raiders, uh, provides that little spark, and the football gods always seem to reward or try to give the, the new head coach a, a head start. So the Raiders just pummel the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones played hurt uh, because Tommy, the backup QB, was just doing horrible. Daniel Jones came in and ended up getting hurt worse. Daniel Jones out for the season with a torn ACL. So the New York football giants are just in a lot of trouble. Hank and I were talking a few weeks ago. I mean, the city of New York, very prideful, lo loves their sports, loves what their city has to offer with the skyscrapers to the food to it all, as we know. But the Yankees didn't make the playoffs. The Mets had arguably the three best pitchers in the league. Edwin Diaz, the closer. Well, he hurts himself in the World Baseball Classic, doesn't even make the season and Max Scherzer, and Justin Verlander. And by the end of the season, those two pitchers find themselves in the ALCS on the Rangers and Scherzer and Verlander back with the Astros. So baseball-wise, a mess. The Jets and Giants also have been a mess. The Jets have, have let up, have been uh, you know, better than we thought. But if we go back to 9-11 of this year when the Jets opener happened on Monday night and four plays in Aaron Rodgers goes down. Uh, it's just been downhill for the Jets. The Knicks, well, they have a losing record once again. Returned a lot of starters. The New York Knicks are, you know, half their team is the Villanova Wildcats. A lot of good chemistry and, well, they so far struggling a bit hockey-wise. The Islanders and Rangers competing for a playoff spot, but I think the New York Rangers are uh, the bright spot in the, in the city of New York. Uh, but Really, what we can see here is the Patriots have sole possession of the AFC at the bottom, at 2-7. and seven. The Patriots are bad, and they join four others. The Giants, Bears, Panthers, and Cardinals. These five teams are horrible. They're in the sweepstakes for Caleb Williams, for Marvin Harrison, and then some people speak highly of Riley Leonard from Duke, Drake May, uh, and you know maybe Neighbors, the receiver for... Uh, LSU, Malik Neighbors, or Luther Burden III on, on the Missouri Tigers. Those are arguably top three receivers in, in college football. Michael Penix has uh, made a, a name for himself. And then others throw in Jaden Daniels from LSU or Bo Nix. Uh, it's just hard to tell. Uh, but those teams are in the sweepstakes for uh, some good players, as we know. But it's boring to talk about 
the sucky teams forever. Let's let's get to important things. Uh, some people call it the Super Bowl bubble. We'll go with that as well. 14 teams make the playoffs, but let's be realistic. There's only a few that actually have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And, uh, I mean, it can be whatever number you prefer. Uh, but for you, Hank, you know, what teams do you do you put in the Super Bowl bubble that you could see winning, you know, three, four playoff games and the Lombardi Trophy? Uh, so, so far from the season this year, um, I'll choose one from each conference. From the AFC, I'm going to say the Jaguars. They're just so up and down. Um, you never know which team you're going to get from them week to week, but they've shown that they can win games against really good teams. They can, they're in close games against really good teams week in and week out. And then, you know, last year they had a good run, almost beat Kansas City in, since, in Kansas City. So I'll go with the Chiefs or uh, the Jaguars on my AFC. My NFC, I'm going to go with the Lions. 6-2 and two record right now, looking really good. Everyone's favorite to win the NSC North. Um, and I definitely think they can make a run for the Lombardi Trophy starting next year. Well, and I mean, Jared Goff has played in the Super Bowl. So mm -hmm. people, you know, focus mm -hmm. so much on the inexperience of head coach Dan Campbell to all of the Lions players. Uh, but, you know, Jared Goff, you know, he, he's played in this big game before. And I think they, they showed – you know, that they mean business. Start of the season, first game of the season, they beat uh, the Chiefs in Arrowhead. So I, I think the, the Lions uh, definitely have a chance. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think the NFC really has the, the top three teams all can win the Super Bowl. Um, and the AFC might have four or five. It, it's hard. You get a little picky because the Miami Dolphins one week look amazing and the other week they look very beatable. And really, they have been. They've they're five zero against teams with a losing record, and then when they play someone good, uh, they usually lose. And that's why the the Bills handled them. Uh, the Chiefs handled them yesterday. And we have to say, one of the coolest defensive touchdowns I've seen in in a long time. Um, I think well, they definitely had the style points. Uh, the the big boy touchdowns are special in my heart when the D tackle gets a paw on it and and rumbles it back uh, to the end zone, uh, but you know the, that defensive touchdown changed the game. McDuffie uh, pitches it to Cook and I forget Cook's first name, the DB, but he looked like the fastest man alive when he caught that lateral and just went the other way with it. Such great awareness by the Chiefs. It looked like they'd practiced that uh, situation three times a day. The, the Ravens are super solid. They lead the NFL in sacks. Um, and, I mean, it, it's just so funky. If the season ended today, uh, the Jets would take eighth place and the Bills would take ninth. Uh, the Bills would not be in the playoffs. And the AFC North would have all four teams. Uh, the Steelers, Browns, and Bengals all have a 5-3 and three record and respectively in that order. Uh, the Steelers would be a five seed. Kenny Pickett would somehow be a, f a five seed uh, if the, the season ended today, and the Bengals would only creep in at seven. Um, but I think the Bengals are arguably the second or third hottest team in the league right now. They're playing great ball and have gotten a little healthier. And, I mean, just in the month of October, the Bengals reminded you that, oh, Joe Mixon's good. Jamar Chase is amazing. Uh, T. Higgins is a nice addition. And Tyler Boyd, 
if if you don't guard him, if you don't take him seriously, if you overplan for the other weapons, uh, he can beat you as well. And Joe Burrow looks more comfortable in the pocket and ha has some more zip, has a little bit more power as uh, he's gotten his strength uh, in his legs back. So it is a wacky uh, standing situation. Always exciting, as typical as most seasons. No one's undefeated, no one's defeated. Uh, but I, I imagine the standings will move around quite a bit. This, I mean, the Steelers being 5-3, and three, being the top wild card, is just crazy. <laughs> but they, they have the best takeaway differential in the NFL at 8. Uh, the, the Steelers' defense just keeps them in every game. And people go at Mike Tomlin for saying, you know, he never tanks or, you know, goes try hard and his team never wins enough games to win the division, never loses enough to draft a good player. Uh, but Mike Tomlin wins, never had a losing season, which some people, you know, almost turn that against him, which I think is crazy. Uh, he's, he's one of the best coaches in the NFL, maybe the best, uh, or tied for the best. It's kind of like a, an Eric Spolstra. I mean, he wins. Spolstra for the Heat uh, wins year year in and out. So uh, it will be so interesting uh, to see what ends up happening. But people keep you know, pointing fingers at the Eagles as well that, you know, they keep winning. But something's not looking right. Something's wrong with the line. Something's wrong with the flow of the offense. Uh, but the Eagles are 8-1. And, and they took care of the Cowboys. Would have been a different situation if Dak Prescott, you know, could – get his colors right, stay on the green instead of the white, and pick up the two-point conversion. Uh, but the Eagles took care of the Cowboys. They'll meet again. And, I mean, always possible they, they'll have, you know, three matchups this year, uh, could meet up in the playoffs. Uh, but we'll have to see. Uh, of these teams that at the moment have a playoff spot, Hank, who do you think, especially in the NFC, uh, you know, won't actually make it in the playoffs. Who could you see maybe in eighth, ninth, tenth place uh, sneak in? Um, <clears throat> definitely, I'm just going to go the whole NFC South. Um, that whole division is just, it switches up every week. So the Saints have it right now, but I definitely think Atlanta, if they get their offense together, they could sneak in there. Tampa Bay, if they stay healthy and consistent and Baker takes care of the ball, they could sneak into a playoff spot. So I would probably – I put my money on Atlanta. They're the more complete team. I trust them more. But either one of those two. Yeah, I well, even the Seahawks, they're, they're insecurely uh, – have a great record, but they, they just look lost. Mm -hmm. Had, they just could not move the ball against the Ravens. Uh, I mean, the Ravens are amazing, uh, but, you know, you just get one team that looks amazing one week, and the next week uh, they just look like a fluke. And the funny thing is the the Vikings are 5-4. and four. Vikings went 4-0 and oh with uh, Justin Jefferson on IR, which has been remarkable. So it's possible he makes a return. Josh Dobbs is the Vikings quarterback now, and stuff we just did not imagine saying, uh, you know, 14 days ago. Uh, but... This is the the crazy league we're in. You know, Josh Dobbs, I mean, is a great story. He's a great guy, but he's, he has only won two games this year in the NFL. Uh, so he, he's, he has a ceiling, uh, but so far undefeated with the Vikings. So, uh, you know, that's good for him. And the, the Vikings uh, would be in the playoffs if the season ended uh, today. 
finishing off the week tonight in a couple of hours, the Chargers at the Jets, another primetime game for the Jets, and another primetime game at the horrible turf of MetLife Stadium. The Jets' offense has a little shaky at times, as we know. A fun fact is Zach Wilson is 9-7 and seven, uh, as the starter with Robert Saul as the head coach. So better than I believe our listeners would have thought. Uh, and pointing the finger at the Chargers, the Chargers can never uh, blow out anyone. They surprisingly beat the Bears by two possessions. It's always one possession game with the Chargers. Um, so with all that being said, what, what is your prediction for tonight's game? Um, I don't know. That Jets defense is going to have to lock in. But, I mean, if they do their thing, I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be low scoring like it is all the time with the Jets. The Chargers, like you said, they're prone to playing close games. They do it every week. Um, that all, With all that being said, I'm going to go with uh, Jay Herbo and the Chargers. I think I'm going to win a close one, and I think Keenan Allen's going to have 36 fantasy points tonight. That is Jay Herbo, not the rapper G Herbo. Justin Herbert from Oregon. And um, the, the Jets' defense has given some trouble to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, there was a moment Robert Sala said, you know, we, we've dominated, we've embarrassed uh, these great quarterbacks and Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes uh, to Mac, Mac Jones. Just kidding. Um, but even Jalen Hurts. I mean, the, the Eagles won losses to the Jets. It's, it's unbelievable. But... I mean, in one breath, you just say, okay, Robert Solly, I mean, you went on hard knocks. You're just getting a little comfortable behind the microphone. Uh, but the stats show uh, this Jazz defense has been pesky. Uh, they sure gave a lot of money to Quinn, Quinn and Williams, uh, the uh, second best Williams on the starting defense. Quincy Williams, that guy is a dog. Guy makes every play. Quinn and Williams got a bag of money and has a half a sack on the season. So, uh, the other players have, you know, really stepped up. Uh, as we know, you know, Saz Gardner, uh, Quincy Williams, two of the bigger players on the defense, and they've caused problems for you know almost everyone. Uh, you know, that loss to the Patriots that helped that the the weather was crappy, um, and situations like that. But the Jets have have played some great ball and uh, really delivered on, on prime time. Zach Wilson on primetime, though, does get a little boring. Uh, but by the second half, he some t somehow ends up completing a touchdown to Garrett Wilson. So I, I'm predicting that will happen at some time. I, it is really hard uh, to decide this result. I, I think the Jets could win it, but Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. A, a take I thought was very interesting, Nick Wright's Philly with uh, Fox Sports. Um, he said when Justin Herbert came into the league, he was an A-minus quarterback. And now I believe at year four, Justin Herbert's still an A-minus quarterback. He has not improved, uh, which I, I could buy. I, what, what do you think about that, Hank? Yeah, it depends on how you look at things. I would say statistically-wise and like winning-wise, I, yeah, I agree. Um, he got drafted to the one organization that does the exact same thing year in and year out. Maybe not the only one, but they look – like an offensive juggernaut, their defense fails them, and then they lose a close game in the playoffs or uh, lose a game in, like, week 17 to miss the playoffs. So, And that's the same with Herbert since he's been here. Um, 
nothing's changed. As you saw last year, they lost that embarrassing game to Jacksonville in the playoffs around one. So, I mean, yeah, to an extent, I agree with that. He has changed a little bit as as a player, but as like a quarterback and for the Chargers, yeah, he had he hasn't really like made the jump and brought the team to like an elite position yet. Yeah, I've been on to see that hasn't been an insane improvement because uh, you know he he was so hot as a rookie um, with his performances. Um, but that's our spiel of NFL football. Uh, last week, the college football committee, which depending on their performance, seems really smart, and other times seems extremely biased. They came out with their top four uh, rankings. Uh, I mean, they do uh, the top 25, but, of course, teams, you know, care about the top four, top five, the, the team that, you know, in the moment is getting snubbed. And so you have the AP Top 25, obviously, coaches pull, but the college football playoff committee uh, put Ohio State one, Michigan two, Georgia three, Florida State four, Washington five. And, you know, things have shifted around or depending on where you look in the AP top 25 Georgia's one Michigan to Ohio State three Florida State four Washington five uh, this week as things have switched out um, I'll, I'll be honest I I think the top three is probably right hard to decide with the perfect order uh, but I I really think Washington should be ahead of Florida State we often get uh, I mean yeah yeah we live in the west uh, here at Hank and I, but I think the Pac-12 gets treated like the little brother sometimes, and the Pac-12's been been elite this year. Uh, the quarterback play is off the charts compared to any other Power 5 conference, and Washington, I think, has had more impressive wins and is just a tiny bit better than Florida State. I don't know if it's time zones or, you know, they just love the Midwest and the East Coast, uh, but I think... I think that should be switched around. Uh, what says you, Hank? Yeah, no, <clears throat> I definitely agree with you about Washington overtaking Florida State and how Pac-12 is kind of treated as a little brother um, football-wise for um, for a while now. Um, Washington's offense is good enough to keep up with anyone, and then their defense is good enough to make the necessary stops for them to keep winning. You saw that against... USC this uh, past weekend. But, no, I definitely think Washington's a top-four team. I could think you can make an argument that they're better than Michigan. I think Ohio State's better than Michigan, but you just can't say that because we haven't seen Michigan play anyone real yet, like a real challenge. We haven't seen that from Michigan. So once they play a real tough team and get a little bit of a gut check, we'll see who Michigan really is, and then we can go from there. Yeah, Michigan finally plays uh, Penn State this Saturday. So that will be number two versus number nine. Finally able to uh, to see uh, an elite team in Michigan play another really good team instead of Rutgers and Nebraska and UNLV. Uh, get a good matchup here. Florida State, you know, is undefeated, struggled with Boston College. Uh, barely uh, beat Duke. Duke's still a solid team, but they're – their stud quarterback uh, did not finish the game. And Washington has had a few hiccups, but Washington has also beat, beaten Oregon. They just beat USC. And I know the committee's playing it safe. Uh, if Washington can beat Utah this week and Oregon State uh, the week after, then they'll 
I think, be swayed and impressed uh, to maybe give him the jump. But if Washington loses one of those games, then the committee can say, yeah, we, you know, we, we were waiting for them to prove themselves and they failed to do so. And uh, we'll keep them, you know, in the five, six, seven uh, ranking area. But we, I think we get a little crazy about the, the playoff committee rankings because if you win every game, if you go undefeated, they'll let you in. If you win your conference, they'll let you win. Easier said than done, but uh, just win like Georgia does, and it never matters because they are unbeatable. I mean, it. As, haven't we had a pandemic more recently than the Georgia Bulldog loss? I mean, it's just crazy. And I mean, a after those undefeated, though, you have Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Penn State, Ole Miss, and Louisville as the teams that have been amazing but have had just one loss throughout the season. Uh, who who do you lean toward more as the best one-loss team uh, in, in the nation? I'll be real basic and say Bama. I mean, I, you trust Nick Saban the most. Um, they've looked good. Um, every single week since that loss in Texas, they just – Put a big statement win on LSU last week. They're rolling. I mean, if it you got yeah, one choice to pick up at any of these teams to get into the college football playoffs, it's for my choice is going to be Bama. Oh, absolutely. And they, I mean, they lost to Texas, as you just mentioned. They're undefeated in the SEC this year. Uh, you know, they win conference games. And it wasn't, Alabama didn't really play horrible. Texas has played phenomenal. Quinn Ewers threw some amazing balls uh, th and just especially some some deep targets for touchdowns. Uh, and I think, well, if we go with betting lines and if Michigan's better than Penn State, well, then Penn State will drop to a second loss at the end of this week. Uh, Alabama just beat a good LSU team. And now, you know, they play Kentucky, then Chattanooga, and then Auburn, that big rivalry game. Uh, but if Bama takes care of business, they will put them in position for an SEC championship game and a chance to, you know, really make some noise. If Alabama meets Georgia in the SEC championship and wins, well, Alabama's ahead of Georgia. Um, sounds crazy, uh, but that could definitely happen. And Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, just your old, just a Southern showdown. I, I love that all these SEC coaches, like, there's no point in people like Hank and I interviewing for one of those jobs because we just don't got that accent. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, I mean, you got Kirby, Nick Saban, Lane Kiffin, Dabo's not in the SEC, but in Clemson, and they all, I mean, Jimbo Fisher Jimbo. at A and M, they all just, they just got that just comf comfortable accent. Uh, you just wanna, I feel like you just wanna go eat some food with them and sit down and just, just, I mean, talk about the love of the game, talk about some football. Whether it go Tigers or or out in College Station, um, we were just playing, throwing that pixie and playing this game we love, uh, and that's just that's just how it is. SEC football, I mean it. It's king, but the Big Ten, especially with this conference realignment, they are coming. Uh, and let's give credit to the the Big Twelve uh, basketball wise. The Big Twelve for college basketball oh, yeah. is phenomenal. Um, the ACC, ACC still has Duke, uh, but the Big 12 uh, just has some amazing, amazing teams.
and they're going to get Arizona next year. Uh, and also Arizona State and, and Utah. Uh, so some good teams and bad basketball teams. Uh, but programs programs can change uh, in an instant with NIL. Uh, you got that money, they'll, they will come play for you. To finish up uh, this show, keeping it brief, trying to keep it fun. There's been so much sports. We had our sports eclipse or sports equinox. We only had one of them. And, well, we're going to only have one because baseball is over. Um, but all the other seasons are in full force. The NBA only has only been through two weeks. So we have so much basketball to play. Uh, but we have kicked off the in-season tournament. And it seems like some players are a little confused by it. Um, but I'm sure they'll figure it out. Uh, I think they, th they like the new courts. Uh, some people really nailed the design. I think the Jazz are in the more uh, good design of the court and jerseys. And then the, the Nuggets and uh, the Bulls, I, I think the red court and the blue court were just a little too bold. A little too bold. Um, but with that being said, well, another thing to add, the, the NBA schedule is so funny because you have a team like the Jazz that's played seven games and then a team like the Wizards that's played five and by the end of tonight, they'll still have five games and another team will have played eight games. Uh, but in the end, you know, we'll all play the same amount of games. And if you're like uh, Miles, you know, Mikael Bridges, uh, you might play 83 games in a season because he got traded to the Nets from the Suns and in the 82-game season played in 83. So it's a numbers game. All in all, though, uh, early reactions, so maybe some overreactions, Hank, what? What teams have surprised you and what teams have kind of shocked you that uh, they can't seem to win a game up to this point? Uh, we'll go with the big old elephant in the room or the grizzly in the room, the Memphis Grizzlies. Got their first win last night. Started off the season 0-6 before that win. Um, you know, this was a team that two seed in the West last year and they wanted to build upon it and Made some trades in the offseason, got rid of some players. Uh, John Morant, suspension really hurts him. You know, he's out the first quarter of the season. And, I mean, he's just such a great player that he impacts the game in so many different ways. But, I mean, they get the first win. It's a new team. They're going to have to build chemistry. Steven Adams is still out. But they really just uh disappointing start to the season so far. And what was a like a one of the best seeded teams in the league last year. Um, and then what was the other one? Surprised by the way they won. I mean, Celtics not losing yet is pretty impressive. And they've had some tough teams that they've had to play so far, and they just, they just look good. Um, both sides of the ball playing great defense, good offense. They're working well together. Um, they have good chemistry for being a brand-new team. They're playing really good. Celtics, the only undefeated team. Uh, it is kind of funny with the Grizzlies. At least for me, I can name their starting lineup, and they've won one game. And, you know, you have a few teams, well, like the Washington Wizards. I, I, I can only think of Jordan Poole at, at the very moment, and it shows why they're, why they're so bad. Um, but it's kind of funny when you can think of how many solid players teams have and they're still struggling. Um, the Sacramento Kings are 2-3, and three, but... We've played some great teams, and 
I mean, their their point differential is minus 1.2 points. They've been close in every game and might be able to turn that around. But just not everyone in the West is going to succeed this year. It's so deep. Uh, and the Jazz are... The Jazz are at the bottom, and I think gonna gonna stay at the bottom. Uh, but the Knicks are already in eleventh place in the East. They're two and four. I I thought they'd be a little bit better. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Some teams are still missing a key player though, and even even Clark for the Memphis Grizzlies, their forward had a bad injury last year. Uh, he'll come back in a few months. You know he's he's a nice piece. He's not gonna come out and drop thirty, uh, but. Almost every night, he'll he'll go 50%, 60%, even 70% on field goals and just always super efficient. Uh, him and John Morant actually have a, a very smooth connection uh, down low. And so in a few months, that will be able to reappear once again. The, but just the West is unbelievable. Um, and the Suns have uh, even skidded as well. Victor Wembanyama uh, has had some huge games. And that one last week that where the, the Spurs trailed the whole game until the last, you know, point, I don't know, 5.3 seconds when they stole the ball from KD and, uh, and took the lead. So uh, j just uh, some fun results and also a few shockers. Uh, but Luka Doncic, who we predicted would be MVP, is through six games having an amazing year. Uh, and w one of the Mavericks players, Derek Lively the second has been a, one of the best rookies so far. He's been amazing, super efficient, uh, you know, double-double type numbers uh, as a seven-footer and just, you know, been cleaning up uh, Kyrie and uh, Luca's misses uh, and uh, just figuring out his role really well. And at the moment, Donovan Mitchell does lead the league in scoring at 32.5 a game, uh, but like last year and the year before that, uh, and years not related to the bubble, I probably won't be doing that in the in the postseason. Do Do you think the uh, the Celtics and Nuggets win their conferences? Enter the playoffs as a one seed. I mean, yeah, from what we've seen so far, and again, we're five to between five and eight games in first most teams, but yeah, they're just the most ba balanced teams. Great on defense, good on offense. They're both good at shooting the ball. Both these teams can stretch the floor out and shoot it really well. So I would definitely say these are the best two teams. And, I mean, I won't be surprised in uh, May if these two teams are still sitting at the top of the conferences. Yeah, and barring any major injury, mm -hmm. for sure, can happen. Uh, one other team to mention, the Miami Heat are 2-4. and four. Uh, But I'm sure Jimmy, Jimmy's got, got his team right where he wants them. All they need to do is is make the playoffs. Uh, I mean, last year. they the eight seed Heat were a force to be reckoned with last year, and so I'm sure uh, Jimmy Buckets uh, is calm, cool, and collected. Um, and they also uh, they got some points points to replace. They got to find out who's going to take uh, Max Struess's and Gabe Vincent's minutes, and I think they're also just going to hope and pray that Tyler Hero. Uh, stays uh, in one piece for the postseason because uh, he does a lot of great things for his team in the regular season, and then has a, just a just a horrible injury. Just he he has those weird injuries where he, he gets a 
deflection off his finger instead of you know bruising and swelling his finger he actually breaks it or he slips and that's really all we had in store uh for our episode today just a nice 30 minute 30 minutes for you i think we we're getting a little carried away with the nba i mean we got we got months to go uh but we can already tell who who's really good and i think the sixers uh, did a little bit of addition by subtraction and now uh, we're just going to see how the, the rodeo in, for the L.A. Clippers goes with uh, 17 ball-centered ball uh, guards. Just all these guys that need to have the ball. Um, but so far, 3-2 and two are the Clippers. But Harden, uh, Harden might play tonight. His debut should be tonight, so, yeah. Clippers and Knicks, I believe. Yep, tonight at 5.30, so we'll see how that goes. To end our show, we'll quote James Harden. He does not play in a system. He is the system. So dwell on that, and, yeah, have a good rest of your day. He's not in a system. He is the system. Hmm. Back to the music on 91.3 The Blaze.